Welcome everyone to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. My name is Jim and I am reminding you there are audio problems in this episode similar to the problems from the last episode and I'm not going to go into great detail about it again but I will say that we do apologize and things have been fixed maybe even accidentally for the 2006 Royal Rumble episode, which is the next episode. Um, And we will try to offer Steve a make good to talk about a wrestling event in the future. I don't want to say that it's going to happen in the next month or even two months, but it will be offered nonetheless. Or something similar to that, because I do feel bad about this whole situation. Also, if you want to be part of a Royal Rumble discussion, May 25th is when to follow me and Bill on social media when we'll be putting out an open call. Similar to how Jay, we were able to make things work for Jay for the 2013 Royal Rumble. With that in mind, thank you again for your time and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. I am Bill, joined by Jim, and Jim, we're getting right into the middle of the Monday Night War. Yes, what a great time to be a pro wrestling fan. Of course, this is a a valuation podcast that takes a look at the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble. Before we introduce our guests, I have a question for you, Bill. Okay. So, last episode i had mentioned up until this point that my least favorite rumble that we have done on this show was 2012 Mm -hmm. and i felt bad because really i should have asked you what yours is as well and i would like to remind people it does not reflect our show or the guest that was on it's just based on what we've covered so far And we've been through a good amount so far. I'm not going to say a lot, because it, that's not true. Um, You know, I, I think I'd have to agree with you with saying 2012, only because of how... How can I put this? Like, inconsistent the action is in the ring. Mm-hmm. It was either that or 93, and I think the only thing that saves 93 is our hero, Bob Backlund. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. All right, Bill, so why don't you introduce the guest? All right, our guest here on this week's episode is Steve. How you doing, Steve? I'm good, gentlemen. How are you tonight? Doing wonderful. Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, re- what years you follow pro wrestling and just a little bit of background. All right, guys. Uh, I started watching wrestling uh, Thanksgiving 1990. Yeah. I, remember, I remember this vividly. My cousins were watching football with me and a commercial came on for Ted DiBiase against the Ultimate Warrior the next night on NBC. And they were so jazzed up about it. Me being the young cousin, I had to stay up and watch that match, too. And I was hooked. Uh, from then on, so I've watched pretty consistently since then. Mm-hmm. Now, when we told you 1998 Royal Rumble, and of course we'll go more into depth as always, what were your initial thoughts? Like, did anything come to mind without going into de- detail? 
<laughs> yeah, actually, this was the first Rumble that I watched live on pay-per-view. Wow. Uh, it was a month before I turned 16, and my buddies and I, you know, I was uh, a young smark, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, you know, knowing enough about wrestling to know that Steve Austin was going to come out on top. I think that's not spoiling too much for anybody who's paid a damn bit of attention to wrestling the last 20 years. But I bet then that if Steve Austin did not win, that I would let them shave my head right there at the party. <laughs> Goddamn, son. And when they did that falsy where, where it was teased that maybe he wouldn't make it out, yeah, I got a little bit nervous. They were going to pull some shenanigans on me. And I was going to be showing up to school that Tuesday uh, looking uh, looking freshly shorn. I mean, it sounds appropriate that you're on this show. Your name's Steve. You almost had a bald head. God damn, give me a hell yeah. Uh, um, can, can either of you two do a good Steve Austin? Because I feel like... This episode's gonna gonna call for a good Austin impersonation. Uh, I'll give I'll give it a shot. Going up and down the roads, you got the damn dome light on. What? I said I got the damn <laughs> dome light on. In the twenty by twenty ring, doing the podcast. <laughs> oh, watching from the broken skull ranch. <laughs> well, Bill, when- well, damn it, <laughs> give me another bear. <laughs> Bill. Uh, what were your, uh, again, just like Steve, initial thoughts, but not really going into detail? Um, I remembered Austin was like the big target going into that rumble. And I act, I didn't see this live. I, I don't think I saw this for like another year before I bought the tape <clears throat> of this Royal Rumble. But I remember like he, like the weeks leading up, he was going after everybody it didn't matter who it was he just was going he, he was going to beat you up he was going to kick your ass god damn um god damn so, son my my thoughts were i remembered that austin won and i was i didn't i don't want to say that i came into this saying that I didn't care it was more like i know who wins and i don't think i don't think there was too much to it but as people are going to find out when we get into the match there is a lot that i had to say about this rumble match um i as far as i definitely watched it but at this point i like when it happened but at this point i feel like i was probably still a little more into wcw at this point Mm -hmm. And, and we'll get into where wcw's at but um uh, you know, ar- arguably the culmination of one of their biggest storylines just a month before. Yep. Um, so why don't we go right to that, Bill, the roll call of champions and what is going on in the current uh, or the 1998 WWE? Okay. Well, let's get to our roll call of champions. Uh, going into the Royal Rumble, Shawn Michaels is the WWF champion. The Rock is the Intercontinental champion. The New Age Outlaws are the Tag Team Champions. Triple H is the European Champion. And we're bringing in the Light Heavyweight Division for the first time. Or at least in this podcast, I think. Yeah, in this podcast. This is the first time. Well, I think that makes sense, sure. Uh, Takamichi Noku, Light Heavyweight Champion at this time. Meanwhile, in WCW, nobody is the World Heavyweight Champion. The title is vacated after Sting was stripped of the title because of what happened at Starcade and then the following night on Nitro. 
Time out. What? Wait, why was... I don't remember this, actually. Why was he stripped? He won... He won the title, and then the next right? night, they had a rematch. Mm-hmm, I remember that. some shenanigan finish, and they're like, nope, no one's the champ. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I was transitioning to WWE at this point, if I don't remember that. <laughs> My have. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page is the United States champion. Booker T is the world television champion. Uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash are the tag team champions. And Rey Mysterio Jr. is the cruiserweight champion at this time. And finally in ECW, Shane Douglas is the current ECW world heavyweight champion. Taz is the world television champion. And the team of Chris Candido and Lance Storm are the ECW Tag Team Champions. Very interesting good, pairing. Good stuff. All right. All right. Well, so, except for the Hogan. Except for the Sting stuff. I'm standing yeah, by that. Yeah. So, going into this, uh, the big deal is Mike Tyson is going to appear at this Royal Rumble. What is he going to do? What is he going to be involved with WWF for? We'll find out. Uh, like I mentioned also, uh, Steve Austin has pretty much been going after everyone leading up to the Royal Rumble match. And Kane and The Undertaker, they reunited on the Raw before the Royal Rumble, uh, before Undertaker's big championship match against Shawn Michaels in a casket match. Mm -hmm. Alright, so let's get to some pre-Royal Rumble notes here. And, of course, this is the segment where we talk about anything that had to do with the Royal Rumble that happens before the actual match, but would only affect that Royal Rumble match. Mm -hmm. So I have down here the Godwins were hunting for Austin. I also have that the nation go to attack Austin and instead get a foam finger middle finger. And I saw a sign that said, hey, Tyson, bite me, <laughs> which is funny because of what was going on with him. Mm -hmm. Now, I also remember there was another segment where, and this does impact the rumble, uh, Farouk tells Mark Henry to kick the door down because Mark had just joined the nation. And mm -hmm. Farouk's like, I didn't add you into the group. You kicked the damn door down. You beat up Austin. And I think it ends up being like the DOA's locker room. Okay. So that's going to impact at some point during this match. Steve, what about you? Do you how do you feel about all these pre -rum, this whole pre-rumble stuff? Because it's very clear the focus is on one man. Yeah, uh, the weeks of television leading into this was Austin paging people. On the old digital pagers, when mm -hmm. you see 316, you know that your ass belongs to Stone Cold. Remember The Rock with his fanny pack and his pager, <laughs> looking cartoonishly befuddled when he knows what's coming his way. Uh, I, I like the thing with Mark Henry, you know, the old mistaken identity, all bald white guys look the same type situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, when you have somebody as hot as Austin was back then, that's what you do especially with the roster being as thin as it was with Bret Hart recently leaving and Owen Hart kind of disgruntled would probably be the best way to put it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Triple H being hurt at the time. You know, you, 
you have your one strong pony there and you you attach the load to him and do what you can to to make sure that the rocket goes as far as it needs to with Steve Austin. Yeah. And before we begin this, I also forgot, I forgot to um ask you Steve, I know that you have a uh, a show. I want you to give a quick plug on that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, uh, I don't do a wrestling show. I do a music podcast uh, called Songs with Friends. It is featured on the Place to Be Nation pop feed. So you can search Place to Be Nation pop in all your favorite podcatcher apps. Uh, We do a bi-weekly show uh, with my good friend Kelly, where we break down two songs a week. We go through song lyrics and uh, try to decipher if there's a story behind them or, frankly, just entertain ourselves sometimes if that's the road that takes us. Hmm. That sounds very much like something that I do. Now that's what I call podcasting. <laughs> Only except, I do a full except, album. Yeah, exactly. You're on like your 500th album at this point. So. Sure. I mean, it's the 70 year project. I told you. <laughs> I mean, I'm only on. We only did now 38, and I think the most recent, like months ago, album that was released from the Now series was now 69. Yeah. So, and yeah. they just keep making them. Keep making them. And keep making those spin-offs, and I'll never be done. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's pretty much the gist of it. Stone Cold, the main focus. But this is not the final match. No. Nope. The Royal Rumble match is not. And we'll get to that when we talk about the rest of the card. Let's talk about the rules or what they're acknowledging this year as the rules. Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler are your announcers. Managers are allowed. Bill, what do you think? Um, I'm fine with that. They don't have a lot of managers. It's probably eye candy at this point in time, so I'm okay with it. It's funny you say you don't mind, but clearly they mind and then don't mind constantly. Yeah. I think that's the most inconsistent rule that we've had Is the manager on this rule? Yes. You know, you might be right. I mean, how it's, it, I feel, what was the last one we did? The, uh... 94? Yeah, 94 was the last one. And there was no, no there were managers, managers there. No, there Alpha. Oh yeah, uh, uh, oh yeah. It was Alpha and yeah, just Alpha, really. Well, Harvey, you know, Harvey Wilson Oscar. came out too, and Oscar. Yeah, yeah Oscar. Did you say Oscar? I, I slipped. <laughs> um. Also, every two minutes. Yes. So they've gone to this rule back to the two minute rule. <laughs> so I've been in. Uh, marathon training mode in my mind uh, for the last two weeks getting ready for this because we're back to because of this we're now at every 10 minutes. Yes. Uh, Steve, what do you think about the Royal Rumble in regards to them changing the time? You know, I used to be a real purist when it came to this. It was advertised as two minutes up until I think the 94 Rumbles, the first time that they actually went on air and said it's going to be every either 90 seconds or a minute and 45. I think 90 seconds is probably optimal in helping make sure the match doesn't drag. 60 seconds is way too fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, yeah, or you could I, do 1999 where there seems to be no, uh, no consistency at all. Yeah, well, in 02, it was supposed to be two minutes, and Triple H took like two minutes and 14 seconds or something. <laughs> of you this know is music playing. You know what? That's that's something for us to look into when we get to that one, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Let's tie that Triple H entrance. Agreed. 
Um, so yeah, because the it's funny because you say the first one was ninety seconds, it was ninety four. We just did that one. That was the last episode, and that's because of that no good Jack Tunney. Mm-hmm. On the take Tunney, and then he couldn't even keep it together at the end. That rapscallion. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't even make a decision to actually have a winner by the end of the night. Best president since Noriega. That's right. <laughs> oh, All right. we're a commissioner at this point. That's true. We are, we do have a commissioner, which is Slutter. Yes. Yeah, because he's the... Okay. Uh, I don't think he does anything, though, significant in the role. No. Okay. All right. So, as Bill said, the intervals for our show here now are 10 minutes. We're back to every two minutes, so each five. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I, I actually feel pretty good about this, <laughs> the, the longer intervals. I think I have enough. Yeah, I think I do as well. I just got to try and drag it on, so. All right, let's go. All right, here we go. Entries one through five. One, Cactus Jack. Two, Chainsaw Charlie. Three, Tom Brandy. Four, The Rock. And five, Kurgan. I mean, Mosh. I'm sorry, Mosh. I was going to say, and then eliminated on this segment, I have Brandy. And I will start the discussion because I have a lot. Uh, First off, Let's get right to it. I think that Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie are my favorite two, number one and number two, since we started this show. I'd agree. So good. Uh, Basically, Chainsaw comes out. I love that his song's the Chainsaw. Oh, and did you notice uh, what Cactus came out to, Bill? Oh, no. Edited version. Oh, you had an edited version. Yes. But, uh, Steve, do you know what song you came out to on the edited version? No, I did not catch that. Mr. Bang Bang. Oh! From one of my favorite wrestling albums, Sl- fucking Slam Jam. Because yeah. <laughs> I watched it on the network, and they kept, you know, like the original whatever it was. But, oh, man, I would have loved to have heard that in that DVD. Slam Jam Forever. I have yep. that written down. Yep. Weapons, chairs, and chainsaws. Great chair shots. Unlike what I've seen today. I've seen some chair shots in current WWE, and I'm like, what? Where did the ones from these guys go to? Like, oh, man, they were so good. Uh, yeah, so that, what, what, what do you guys think about Cactus and Chainsaws, the first two? I'll let you guys chime in here. Well, man, uh, I thought that the, the chair shots in particular stuck out now that now that it is a more tame environment these days. Mm. That there were two that Chainsaw gave him. They were just vile, one after the other. One of them was in the corner, where I actually like jumped up and scared the dog with my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> just vile, vile chair shots. And is this the first rumble where there were weapons involved? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so. So we have innovators there, including, like you said, a, a, as Fred Durst would say, a motherfucking chainsaw to skin your ass raw. Hell yeah. They were, these guys were not messing around in these first two minutes. Oh, those shots were so cringeworthy, but they were great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the best is like, so like just chainsaw in general. He's I'm going to say it right now, but I'll probably say it numerous times. He was a hero for me in this match. He really was. He might have been the MVP of this Royal Rumble, if not one of them. 
Yeah, only one other person got me super excited. I mean, this was like Mo excited from the last episode. <laughs> Too bad we can't have a moment on this one. No, we can't have a moment. Um, well, we could say it was funkin' awesome, so... Mmm, that's pretty good, too. Yeah, one of my notes just said Terry Funk as Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> he, he was hanging upside down for three quarters of the match, cl- you know, working the ropes. It was nuts seeing Terry Funk in his early 50s, as limber as he was out there. Oh, man. I'm glad you brought that up, because that's what my, I have a note on that, too. But I definitely think it's different than Ziggler in regards to... It's the weirdest way I think I've seen someone try to survive in the Rumble. Because if Ziggler, like, it would show he's athletic, Chainsaw's kind of just stumbling around yes. and somehow finds his, himself still in the match. Mm-hmm. Bill, why don't you bring us something here next? Okay. Um, when The Rock comes in, which is surprising of how early he comes in, and he takes those chair shots with the trash can. I just wrote that he was earning his stripes. What a great spot. Oh, so good. It's just like, there's no way he could get out of it. He's screwed. You know, I mean, he's, it's just such a good showing of how you could beat a guy without really destroying his body, <clears throat> you know, in a matter of seconds. How do you think the Rock's ears felt? Oh, they probably were ringing. <laughs> I think. Probably were ringing. And then, um, at one point, when Mo- when Mosh comes out, uh, Chainsaw throws a chair. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, don't be a fan at the aisle because he had the chainsaw running when he came out. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And then he throws a chair, and it's like, okay, is are those seeds really worth it? Uh, oh my God, Terry! And the, I love, I love Chainsaw. I th- this made me a real big Chainsaw fan after this match, really. Um, th- and that one point, Chainsaw gets suplexed through chairs, which I thought that was great. Uh, wait, what else do you have, Steve? Yeah, I love the. They weren't just attacking each other with chairs. One would hit one, and then he would hand the chair to his buddy. Yes. And I'm like, all right, your turn. <laughs> Do me in, please. <laughs> that, and then the, the, the way that Terry Funk asked for it, he, like, he's shaking and smiling. Yes. He pulls the pantyhose up over his face to show, like, <laughs> yeah, brother, do it. It's okay. <laughs> then, you know uh, what? This guy, I got it. So when Tom Brandy comes in and they stop fighting just long enough to, to shit can him and then just keep going, oh, that was great. And also the uh, I noted the first of many Jim Ross, dirty Jim Ross double entendres here. Oh, uh, at one point, Chains and knowing what a perv Jim Ross is these days, my God, we <laughs> the warning signs were there, guys. We should have been paying attention. Uh, Chainsaw hits Cactus in the crotch. And he, Jim Ross is right there with the call. Chainsaw went downstairs on his friend. Oh my God, I didn't catch that at all. <laughs> my JR quote comes from when, when you talked about the uh, Tom Brandy. He says, now we're back to our cha- chair shot contest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then poor Mosh. You know, what was he going to do coming in after these first four guys just tear it up? And then here comes the guy in the skirt just sashaying <laughs> down the road. <laughs> Not having too much to contribute at all. He should have even come in the ring. Like, if I'm Mosh and I'm watching what just happened, 
And I had a chair thrown at me from the ring. I know. Like, I don't run in there. <laughs> like, all right, slow your roll. <laughs> I mean, I, I do have a Jim Ross line, but it's not going to be till later on. It, I, I think it goes with Steve and JR's thoughts. So, And I also had, at the beginning, Jim Ross does a quote that says, uh, that shows some fans dressed up as Dude Love, and he says, "There's a Dude fan. Too bad Dude couldn't be here." Oh yeah, okay. What what happened was during the show, um, they had said that Cactus is going to be in the Rumble, but Mankind and Dude Love are not in it. <clears throat> so he he said that to the to the people watching the show. And already, people that are listening to this show knows that that is untrue because. We named the Rowdy Russ spot the 1998 Mick Foley spot because he'll be on two more times after that one appearance on 2012. So we know what happens. It's coming. Yep. Uh, Steve, what else do you have? It, yeah. Uh, starting with really the Mosh entrance, you know, through the next few, I know we won't get into that yet, but that, that was like the lull of the Rumble to me. There was so much going on here with these first eight, ten minutes between. Chainsaw, I keep wanting to call him a Ziggler now. <laughs> Chainsaw being <laughs> literally upside down and not hanging, but hanging from the backs of his knees with his legs crossed with oh, old Tommy pajamas on and denim pants and a fucking pantyhose on his face. <laughs> like, you know, where are you going to get this stuff You know, in any other form of entertainment than professional wrestling? Right. Really does. Especially during this time with, with the chairs and, the, and a fucking chainsaw. Come on. Like, and it's so funny just thinking back to it. Again, he keeps almost getting out. It's almost like he's drunk, but, like, somehow is staying in the ring. Mm -hmm. Even though his body's, like, kind of telling him, nope, you're out. Get out of here. It's weird. Uh, He's just amazing. You know, like, you guys comparing him to Dolph, where, and I think, Jim, you might have said it, where when Dolph does it, it's just to show his athleticism. Yeah. Here, with Chainsaw, it's just a 50-year-old guy who's just trying to hang in there. Part of me surprised that he does it successfully, because the way that he's doing it, I'm like, oh, I think a normal person would just kind of fall by accident. Mm -hmm. But something, oh my god, something is, he was, I don't want to say on something, but he he was something. Like, I don't know the right term that I'm looking for there. Right. Very lucky. Because <laughs> there's a lot of times I look at it and I was like, uh, Ten, you could have botched. Nine, eight, seven, six, All right. So now we go to six through ten. Six, Phineas Godwin. Seven, eight ball. Eight, Blackjack Bradshaw. Nine, Owen Hart. And ten, Steve Blackman. And I have during this segment eliminated Cactus Jack. And Steve will have the discussion start with you on this segment. Yeah, uh, this was to me the most nothing happening segment of this Rumble. Uh, this section of five guys, Owen notwithstanding, really shows uh, the true lack of depth in the company at this time uh, coming off Survivor Series. People don't remember now because of how quickly things turned around, but December 97 really seemed like, you know, it wouldn't be a shock to most if the company went out of business in that period. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not hard to see with Phineas Godwin and 
eight ball Harris, you know, <laughs> <laughs> leading the charge here. Uh, now, was there any interactions with Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart either Thank before you. or after this? Thank you. Or is Thank this just you. like a 20-minute feud that was one and done within this match and never seen again until they teamed up in 98-99? I thought that was just me. And I was like, I don't remember. So, so for let's catch people up. So Owen Hart comes out and Jeff Jarrett attacks him. And one of my big concerns with that is, other than what Steve brought up, was like, was there an Owen Jarrett feud? I know that Owen fought Shawn Michaels at Degeneration X in what should have probably been, in my opinion, the Royal Rumble match against, like, I think Owen should have been fighting for the title. Mm -hmm. um, because that was a ridiculously made story that they blundered. Um, but, Bill, in terms of our podcast... It reminded me of Don Morocco and Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> How, like, when Owen comes out, Jeff Jarrett is so close behind him. How does he not see him before he even goes out of the curtain? I have no idea. I mean, I mean, Jarrett isn't as dumb as a stump, you know, like right. I said to describe Nikolai. But. Right. <laughs> um, and so then I have a question, Steve. So is Owen just out? Did you think that same thing? Yeah. So uh, Owen had come back at uh, at the DX pay-per-view to attack Sean. He wrestled Sean on Raw and then pivoted to Triple H. And then that was the feud coming out of this pay-per-view was, again, he wrestled Triple H at SummerSlam. Or not SummerSlam, I'm sorry, Mania. So I, mean, I don't understand what this – right before this, Jared had been wrestling Barry Windham on Raw – and this is the only time their their paths cross for seemingly no reason at all. Oh, Jared attacks him, lays him out, and it seems like Owen's just going to be out of the match. You know, we'll see later. That's not true. Right. But I, I just don't understand. This is Russo. This is one hundred percent pure, unadulterated Russo. <laughs> Let's swerve him for no reason. Let's not pay anything off. And, and yeah, they'll they'll dig it because it's a surprise. Right. I, I just don't get it at all. I do have another Jim Ross line here where when Phineas comes out, living proof of what happens when first cousins marry. <laughs> oh, he had he had one like right before that where he's like, Phineas is one biscuit shy of 315 pounds. <laughs> I did have that too. You know, I still use that biscuit line at work. <laughs> <laughs> I work in the prison system, and when giving a report on a new guy, that's sometimes if he's a heavy guy, that's I'll throw something like that out there. Oh, yeah, he's probably about a biscuit away from 300. Be careful with him. <laughs> I also have written – oh, so at this point <clears> – and <throat> this is going to be important. Lawler says that someone has gotten to Stone Cold. Mm -hmm. He has sources that say someone's gotten to Stone Cold. And then later in this segment, Lawler thinks that Shamrock got the stone cold. Yes. Which I was like, wow, what a no good guy that Shamrock is. <laughs> to be fair, I actually, back in this day, I hated Shamrock. So I was like, this all adds up to me. He would do this. Um, what did you guys think of that whole, like, someone, Lawler saying someone's gotten to stone cold? Well, you know, he's kind of laying the foundation and playing upon what had been the theme of the last few weeks of television, uh, you know, and even earlier that show. You know, someone's going to get to Austin. Somebody's going to get to him. And I don't think Shamrock had been teased up to that point. 
uh, if you're looking at Shamrock's recent history, leading into Survivor Series, he had tapped out Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart on week to week on back to back weeks of television. So it's plausible that if anyone on that roster would be the guy that could do it, even though he had no relationship with Austin, it could have been Shamrock. Mm-hmm. So you know, I like laying that seed of doubt. Yeah, what about you? What did you think? And then tell me something that you had on your notes. I, I think with Lawler, you know, you have a heel commentator. You have to have someone stir the pot as far as with your biggest star. And this is a good way because, you know, with the last episode we did, we saw Bret Hart get kicked in, you know, he got his leg kicked in the leg. Right. And, and during the Rumble, we see Lex Luger getting beat up. At 9.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm not sorry, 9.49, 9.49, sorry. Casio Clock. So, right. Um, but here, it was a good way to be, okay, I got something. This could be important. You know, let's see what happens. Um, I love Lawler's commentary, not only at this part, but throughout the entire match. It's so good. Um, he has a line where he says... Everyone in the ring is dumb except The Rock. <laughs> Which is probably true. I think this was before we got to like Bradshaw and Owen. And then he said um, he wants to make a call to Unsolved Mysteries and wants to tell them that he's found everybody. Oh my god. Like, what? Did you, uh, is that what happened on the show? <laughs> Because all I remember is the guy from Airplane hosting it. That's it. (laughs) I also have um, that, I I don't know, for some reason I noticed Bradshaw's and I was like, Blackjack Bully Bradshaw. And I don't know why. That mustache looks so fake. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It does. Why was he still Blackjack Bradshaw at this point? Uh, Wyndham had broken off. To join the NWA guys, and then Bradshaw stuck holding Wyndham's dad's gimmick, looking That's like true. a complete goofball out there. I didn't think of that, but you're right. I don't know. Yeah. Couldn't think of anything better for him. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's the only thing I'm I'm thinking with that one. Steve, what else do you have? You got anything else for this segment? Uh, yeah, the only other notes I had on this segment were, like you said, about that someone got to Stone Cold, and this was when. Chainsaw really started to kick up with the fake eliminations. <laughs> Chainsaw just was remaining a star, d- still in the show at every opportunity he could. It was fantastic. I loved it. Ch- Chainsaw for me at the beginning of this was what I was all about. I mean, I think there was a point where he wraps his legs around the ropes, but he like is hanging out upside down. Like I don't even know how to describe it because it's. Not as if his hands were on the bottom rope to help right. make sure he doesn't go out. It was again. It's like someone is drunk in the ring, and they get hit, but they know they're supposed to stay in the ring. But because they're drunk, they can't really make it seem. I don't know. I I, I don't know where I'm, I'm trying to. It's so hard to describe. He, he's but I hanging, just love it. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so he's hanging upside down and he's reaching for help that isn't there. He, <laughs> like his arms are outreached. Like help me. Help me, damn it, somebody. <laughs> Where are you, Cactus? I need your help. Wait, you can't say that. He's the one that was the cause of the elimination for Cactus. <laughs> so he can only blame himself. <laughs> he can only blame himself, Bill. Uh, 
How much time do we have left on this segment? Uh, we have a minute 15. Okay, so we'll just kind of run this one out. Because at some point we need to talk about the rest of the card. But I, I got to be honest with you, I have so many notes on this. It's going to be tough. Maybe not this next segment. The segment after we'll go for it. I, if I, the, I also had uh, to continue off of a Chainsaw Charlie. When the uh, black that comes out, Funk is doing like his best karate impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you go, boy. It is so great. Oh my god. I ah uh, it can can we just give him his own show? I mean, but he has to be like as as chainsaw, like and it's gotta be situations where people go into the ring to try to throw him over the top rope. Because that's the highlight there is the <laughs> ways he stayed in to this Royal Rumble match to to not be eliminated. That's that's the that's where the money is right there. Yeah, you're probably right. And how, and how hot was he working in the, the, the denim and like the, the top was like a thermal top he was wearing. It's true. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right. So we go to 11 through 15. 11, D'Lo Brown. 12, Kurgan. 13, Mark Merrow. 14, Ken Shamrock. And 15, Thrasher. And I have, during this segment, eliminated Mosh, Blackman, and Kurgan. I'll start off the discussion and ask everyone, why is Chainsaw looking to shake Kurgan's hand on the way in? (laughs) Funk tries to be friendly. Because it's fucking awesome, that's why. It's fucking awesome, I like it. You're trying to get it over. I applaud it. I have here, go go Chainsaw, fuck Shamrock. I have... (laughs) I have, I love chainsaws. I'm almost out positions. And <laughs> uh, Jim Ross is going to try to get an update on Owen, but I'm too focused on chainsaw right. and his greatness. Uh, Bill, what do you have for this? Um, when Thrasher comes out, JR refers to him as the other headbanger. <laughs> like he says his name, he says Thrasher, and then he says. The other headbanger. Oh, wow, that's that's real good, Jim. Thank you. Sorry, you made me laugh so hard. Thank you very much, Jim. No, I meant uh, Jim Ross. I meant Jim Ross, not you, Jim. Uh, again, all white ball guys look alike. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I wrote down this question. How in the world did Mark Merrow marry Sable? Honestly. Hmm. Yeah, this is the point where we're noticing. This, so this is probably the first point I notice. Oh, managers are allowed at ringside because of Sable. Mm-hmm. Steve, what, give us something that you have. Uh, well, when D'Lo comes in, you know, Rocky's still in the ring. Sure. And you, you think they're going to work together, but instead D'Lo, like the son of a bitch that he is, immediately attacks a stable mate. Instead uh-huh. of sticking together and giving themselves a better shot of survival, he goes full anarchy for no reason. Every man for himself. <laughs> yeah, but it's, not, it's not like something led to them. Dude, I, I'm with you, Steve. Like, I have a note here. D'Lo chokes the rock, and then Lawler, <laughs> and then Lawler says, "What is up with D'Lo?" So Lawler's even like, "What in the world is D'Lo doing?" D'Lo's gone rogue, ladies and gentlemen. Kind of like it. But then the. Another bit here is Jim Ross, when Kurgan comes out, starts describing farm machinery. 
What? I missed that. Do you have he, any lines? He said he, he, it would take a winch to get him out. And then instead of just leaving it at that, he says, or some type of backhoe type equipment that you might see on a farm. <laughs> like, what the hell, Jim Ross? I think we get it. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think I know what a winch is. Well, What's a then, winch? And then later, he has a similar thing where it would take a caterpillar. And then it, he, no, people may not know. It's a brand. It's a, it's a tractor. All right, Jim Ross. We, we get it. You grew up on a farm. Keep it moving, bud. Bill, what's a winch? You know, I should know this because my dad grew up on a farm, but I don't, unfortunately. Uh, so I've got to look it up on the... Well, actually, let me go ask my dad. You guys Okay, go, go ask your dad, and hopefully the, clock doesn't, hopefully the clock doesn't run out before he gets an answer from his dad. Uh, you know, he could have just asked you, Steve. Do you know what a winch is? You know, it is, uh, you know, my knowledge of farm machinery is rather rudimentary at best, <laughs> but, but a, like a, a big tractor-like equipment, uh, like a backhoe, or I think you could use them to pull, like machines that are stuck, mm-hmm. which okay. would be why you would need want to get big Kurgan out of the ring. Right, so let's see how your description fares against whatever Bill's going to come back with. Uh, I have here that, so... Kurgan starts yelling, and at some point, I'm like, is he speaking English? Did you catch that at all? <laughs> that was Kurganese. That was his <laughs> default language. <laughs> I, I think I'll be taking that as my second language. <laughs> oh, Bill's back. Okay, Bill, so what's the definition? Because I got Steve's definition, and we're going to compare it to yours. Okay. Now, first off, JR messed up the word. It's not wench like a woman. It's winch. And it's basically a thing that you pull a rope with, like a like a machine. That's all you're giving me. Okay, all right. You did say machine. Okay. So it's. Basically, I feel like yeah. Steve's definition was a little bit better. What was his? Steve, do you want to repeat it? <laughs> I know. Uh, I just felt like he understood yeah. more. What's yeah? I. I defaulted with a type of machine that like maybe like a pulley type system yeah, maybe that's chain attached it. to it yeah. that, that you may use to pull another machine that is stuck and the reason why it resonated with me is because he's at the end steve said and that's why he's saying that because they need that to get kurgan out so you didn't bring it back bill to the royal rumble steve no, did. i didn't <laughs> although if you look at everyone in this who knew kurgan would end up being a movie semi-star what was the last thing he did he was in like the sherlock holmes movies the one with uh, robert downey I didn't say it okay that's fair uh oh he was in deadpool 2 was he that's i slipped deadpool 2 uh he was sluggo maybe maybe if i watch it again all right hey bill what's up with d-lo Guys, you're just not down with Brown. Is is that what he's telling all of his fellow nation members during this match? <laughs> That's say, what he, he should be saying. I'll say he's in a group that is based entirely upon the idea of being down with the Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to attack every last one of them. He is, cl- he is tired of being the fifth command here in the nation. He is going to grab that brass ring and go to WrestleMania if it kills him. Yes. And of course... I don't know if I mentioned this when Shamrock comes out that Waller says, here's the man that did in Stone Cold. So he's really keeping up that. Like, cause it's not weird because like for other bad guy announcers, they might set like switch 
who did in Stone Cold Lawler's pretty sure Shamrock did it. Oh my god. Okay. At this point, Lawler is so good because he, you know, because they keep showing Mike Tyson or they keep talking about Mike Tyson. And he keeps saying, you know, if Mike Tyson comes down here, I'm going to give him his kryptonite. And he just keeps making these threats. And JR's like, okay, I'll hold you back. Like being sarcastic. <laughs> so I wrote down Lawler versus Tyson. Hmm? There you go. Make it happen. That should have been the WrestleMania match right there. Right. Forget it- Austin and Michaels or whatever it was. It should have been Lawler and Tyson. Speaking of Tyson, Mark Merrow did nothing but box for like the first three minutes he was in the ring. And it was hilarious because the ring was full and he is just walking around putting up his dukes, throwing rights and lefts at everybody with no regard to any actual wrestling move or trying to throw anyone out. He just wanted to show off his Golden Glove skill. Maybe a, uh, a, a message to one Mike Tyson. Maybe he was lobbying for that match. He was coming for the strap, baby. <laughs> Uh, in the next segment, we're going to go over the rest of the card. But, Bill, what else do you have for this one? Oh, gosh. Um, excuse me. I'm Kurganese? Trying... Yeah, let's talk about this Kurganese because I, I think I sort of want to learn it, too. Well, I figured you would be the expert on it. I figured that, like, you could teach me how to say, um, where is the bathroom in Kurganese? I think that's... <laughs> Okay, I'll next time I need a bathroom in Kurganland, I'll I'll say that exact <laughs> I'll say that exact thing. Yeah, you'll uh, also need a footstool because the urinals in Kurganland are about three feet higher than they are here. They might have I might have to do it on the wall then. I might not be able to reach. And then I'll get yelled at by the Kurganese waiter and waitresses. <sighs> And then the Kurganese police will have to come. No, I'll be already out. I would have ran away from the Kurganese police. I think I can out. I think I can outrun the Kurganese police. <laughs> yeah, you and the other headbanger. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of a good. If there was a third headbanger name, what would it be? And I couldn't think of one. <laughs> so, so if someone punches you and you make a sound like that, are you in fact turning Kurganese? Hmm. Maybe. Shout I think he does get brothers. punched a lot. Say shout out to the good brothers on the F4W board who will have that as a drop by morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do we almost on to the next segment, Bill? We have 33 seconds. Oh, wonderful. What can we do in 33 seconds? <laughs> Give me some ideas. I can tell you what Bradshaw did with a ring full of guys. He decided to start throwing Irish whips directly into crowds of people. <laughs> <laughs> who then had to readjust and move three feet to the left to bounce off the ropes correctly. Oh, that's Bradshaw for you. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All right. So now we go to 16 through 20. 16, Mankind. 17, the artist formerly known as Goldust. 18, Jeff Jarrett, 19, The Honky Tonk Man, and 20, Ahmed Johnson. And I have during this segment eliminated Chainsaw, Mankind, Jarrett, and Shamrock. Uh, The one thing before we get into the rest of the card that I do want to note is that I really like uh, uh, (laughs) Triple H's new theme. 
where he comes out and he has a pink Cadillac. That was pretty good. It might be my new favorite Hunter song. I'm glad to know he has a pink Cadillac. Well, damn it. The Honky Tonk Man is the Attitude Era. <laughs> All right, Bill. Let's get to the rest of the card real quick, and then we'll come back to the segment. Okay. Surprisingly, there were no dark matches at the Royal Rumble. So the, the results are just going to be the results of the show. Vader defeated the artist formerly known as Goldust. We had six-man mini-tag action. Max Mini, Mosaic, and Nova defeated Battalion, El Torito, and Tarantula. Sonny was the guest referee for the match. The Rock defeated Ken Shamrock by disqualification to stay the Intercontinental Champion. The Legion of Doom defeated the New Age Outlaws by disqualification. The Outlaws stayed the tag champs. And in your main event, Shawn Michaels defeated The Undertaker in a casket match to stay the WWF champion. Should that have been the last match, or do you think the Rumble match should have been the last match? I think for the dramatic purposes of what happens after the main event, or the title match should have been the main event. Okay. Because, because with this match... I'm, Whoa. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, there is some drama in it, but it's like, um, it's like, oh, okay, this person won the Rumble, that's the end. Whereas with this match, you know, Kane came out to save his brother, and then he beats him up, and then he puts him in the casket, Paul Bearer comes out, they lock the casket, and they torch him alive in the casket. I, I think if you would put that before the Rumble, it just would have taken the energy out of the fans. Okay. Steve, what about you? What do you think? And also, it sounds like you're making popcorn over there. I'm jealous. Oh, I'm sorry. My, my dog got up. It is, it's his little tippy toes <laughs> hitting the hardwood floor. Yeah. He, uh, uh, well, I, I'm with, with uh, Bill here. You can't end the title match with a shoot murder and then just go right into... Uh, it's Headbanger Mosh and uh, the Harris Brothers uh, fighting although, for a title shot. Although the last episode that we did, I mean, someone went to heaven and they transitioned to the Royal Rumble match. That's true, too. And I couldn't <laughs> sleep that night. Right. <laughs> um, See, that, one, that, one, that match, too, had the, the, uh, the confusing finish. So there was many, many misdirections held that night. Yeah. You know, I don't, don't know if you could end with the controversy of that Rumble finish and then not be able to resolve that after the title match. I guess that's true, because then you just kind of be like, well, why aren't they taking this time to resolve what the hell's going on? Well, exactly. You know, as, as Melter said, it was the sleaziest pay-per-view of all time. <laughs> I forgot about that. I should, I should tweet him and ask him if he still thinks that. I think that he should. Now. Okay. We'll see if that ever pays off, guys. Um... I definitely prefer, well, let me start with this, actually. All right, so everyone knows that, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of Triple H, but I did like him in this era. Like, it doesn't get till later that, like, oh, God, you know, not even the next show that we do, which is going to be the 2006 Royal Rumble. I was still kind of like, oh, he's okay. It's probably after, like, 2007, 2008-ish. But, so, like, I feel like it was effective what he did. He kind of carried... He, you know, he continued the feud with Owen, so I was all right with it. Um, but the Hockey Talk Man was a weird choice to me during 
this match? What, what do you guys think? Like, just to have him come back. Uh, he was kind of in and out, start really starting in 97. So it's one of those guys, you know, if you already are so thin on your roster that you have Mick Foley wrestling three times in the same match, right. if you have an, it, you almost can't have an able-bodied guy around and not use him. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to mention, you know, including, you know, we talk about the thin roster, maybe that had a factor in that there were no dark matches during the show. Yeah, good call. Bill, what else do you have? Um, well, I had how JR kept calling Goldust Goldust, and Jerry is like, no, he's the artist formerly known as Goldust. Get it right. Yeah, hell of a connection there. Mm-hmm. You're cutting off. I don't know what it is. And then, maybe it's you're not supposed to call Goldust Goldust during this match. <laughs> and then, and then, I have to do it again, Jim. Finish the elimination, Jeff. <laughs> Finish the elimination. Yeah, that's right. He did it last the last episode. Two shows in a row. I mean, we're not doing it in a row, to be fair. But well, no, we consider we, we conveniently pick the one where Jarrett does the exact same mistake. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I can't believe I'm going to say this, but. Like, okay, so this isn't the worst incarnation of Goldust to me. Because everything he does in 2010s, I. Because it's not a real Goldust in the 2010s to me. I want the Goldust where he touches himself. That's what I want. Now, I did have when Ahmed Johnson came out. Because <laughs> he's looking a little, a little heavy at this point. He is. I wrote down Ahmed Johnson or New Jack? He looked a little like New Jack coming out. Who do you think would win in a fight, a real fight between Ahmed Johnson and New Jack? Oh, New Jack. Yeah. Steve, what about you? What do you think? Uh, easily New Jack. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, Ahmed, John- Ahmed Johnson doesn't have nine justifiable homicides on his record, now does he? It's true. No. You know, he did his best to kill this match, though. I- was one of my notes was Ahmed Johnson's day off. <laughs> <laughs> he took forever to get to the ring. All that he finally he saunters down there. He's wearing a wave cap with no hair and a breathe right strip because he's going to put in the hard cardio work tonight. Mm-hmm. When he rolls into the ring, it's the laziest standing up I've ever seen of a wrestler who doesn't weigh four hundred pounds. <laughs> it takes him a solid three seconds to get to his feet. I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> and yeah, he was just awful from the second he walked out to the second he walked back. He was just terrible the entire time. Although I, I do have a pretty funny note for the next segment for for Ahmed. Um, Bill, do you have anything else for this? I mean, although I will say, you know what, actually, before you say that, can we all just admit that we're all sad that Chainsaw left? Yeah. Of course. I mean, was, when your star goes, you know, you just have to, you just have to mourn and, and learn to move on with life. Mm-hmm. I mean, they already were making a new star, though, in D'Lo. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. at this point, I was like, oh, I'm kind of into D'Lo and his, and his rogue nature. Because then he, <laughs> you know, like he's continuing to fight The Rock on and off for for what? I don't know. I would think you'd be successful if you teamed up with The Rock and the rest of your, your group. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me. And that's sort of a developing story, especially in the next segment. I don't want to get too far ahead mm-hmm. um, with the nation. 
but at this point right now, no members of the nation have been eliminated. You know what? I don't think we mentioned that. Uh, did we mention that this is the mankind appearance this segment? Oh no! Uh, no. So this there yeah. he is. He's here. Second time of the night yep. for one Mick Foley. And I had at one point. Mankind looks confused. It must have been at Goldust, or the artist formerly known as Goldust. Maybe it's because Goldust was on his second costume of the night. He wore a completely different outfit for his match with Vader. Yeah, didn't he have, like, green hair and then changed it to blue hair? Yeah, well, he, he should be the last person that's confused about that. He came out as a totally different personality. <laughs> yeah, he was wearing, like, a striped costume for the Vader match, and then he came out with his bodysuit metallic looking thing for this one yeah. did, he, did he have the uh, the nipple things or the breast whatever it is yes, the yes. yes. So, something along it was a toned down version of that yes okay and what, uh they're smaller is that what toned down <laughs> well something i noted here is owen hart appears to be sweating profusely when he comes out for this segment like maybe he'd been chasing jared around for the entire time he's been gone Right. So now we go to 21 through 25. 21, Mark Henry. 22, nobody comes out. 23, Kama Mustafa. 24, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And 25, Henry Godwin. I have during this segment eliminated Johnson, Phineas, Marrow, and 8-Ball. And I just want to start off by saying the funny thing that I am going to give Ahmed credit for. So at one point, Ahmed... After he gets eliminated, he beats up Phineas on the way back. Yep. But then, this is the best. Kama comes out, and he shoves Ahmed. Because, like, what? What are you going to do about it? Ahmed does shit. He walks back really, really sad. He doesn't do a damn thing. Right. Yeah, let's backtrack a little bit here. So Mark Henry comes out, and he and Ahmed are going at it. So Mark Henry hits like a half-ass low blow, which Ahmed Johnson has to sell for approximately 47 seconds, 47 minutes, because Mark Henry is digging for powder that has got lost somewhere under the vicinity of his right breast, and he just cannot locate it. So Ahmed is just stum- stumbling back and forth for you know approximately three days, catches the powder, ends up getting tossed out, while he's laying there, Phineas falls on a referee and Ahmed Johnson. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep. So Ahmed gets up, and they're kind of half-ass fighting. Kama comes out and just trumps Ahmed. And Ahmed waves off like, ah, you know, hell, what can you do? Oh, <laughs> and shit. He just leaves with his earring still intact, gets his pay envelope, and goes home. <laughs> oh, man. Also, just to piggyback on that, and I usually don't, that's actually this is the truth because I feel like I've done this before, uh, where I have a problem with what someone is wearing. I hate Mark Henry's red shoes. Hate them. Mm. Just like you know, I don't know if anyone agrees with me, but I hate his red shoes. It looks so out of place for him. Yeah. I think he had time to get new gear for the nation, but didn't have time to get new boots, so he had to get his. American Olympic hero boots with his new nation gear. Yeah. That's all right. D-Lo will teach him a lesson. 
That's right. The, the enforcer of the nation, D'Lo Brown. The rogue. <laughs> the real Blackheart. <laughs> um, I wrote down, now JR said this. I wasn't sure if this was true or not. There were 17 first-timers in the Royal Rumble. I think it's because of that thin roster. Yeah. Well, let's. Well, I'm not gonna go through it now, but no, see, need more time. We can, if you want, though, we can pick that up on the next episode, Maybe. and you can let us know at the opening if uh, if that's true or not. Yeah. But Jim Ross has the the line of the night uh, when Mark Henry is going after Ahmed Johnson, and Jr. says, "Mark Henry." Handling the big Johnson. <laughs> yes, Dirty JR was in full effect. <laughs> Missed that one, too. Oh, God. Um, number 22, uh, who never came out, ended up being Skull of the DOA. Thanks a lot, Nation. So I wrote, where's Tugboat again? Wait a minute. Hold on. T- rewind here. How, how do you know it's Skull? Did I miss something? Yeah, re- okay, remember when we were talking about the pre-match segments? Yes. And Mark Henry kicked Oh, because he thought it was Stone Cold because mm-hmm. all has a bald head, okay. Yeah, because, you know, all white bald people look the same, so. Oh, uh, damn, don't you know how many people look like me? <laughs> so, yeah, Skull ended up being the one that never showed up. Okay, that's fair. I didn't realize that. And you put two and two together on that for some reason. Yeah. And then we have Austin come out, and Bill, why don't you tell us what happened when the man who was feuding with the with almost the entire roster came out? Well, in one of the more creative, he comes in through the crowd, jumps over the railing, enters the ring while everybody is looking at the entranceway, picks Mark Merrow, who is an instigator, by the way, during this match. And he eliminates Mero right away. Mm-hmm. And then he goes after, uh, and then he eliminates another one. I don't remember who off the bat, but... I think it might have been 8-Ball? Yeah. But what a what a great way, you know, to sneak in when you know you're a marked man. It's so good the way they did this and, like, how everyone's against Austin because it makes sense. They kind of led into why everyone would be after Austin. And I know this is a, a little bit of a teaser for our next episode. They kind of do somewhat something like this. Not, It's not as big, but and it doesn't make any sense for our next episode, which is the 2006 Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. So like, it just makes me appreciate how well this was done. Steve, what do you have? Well... You said the guy from DOA was eliminated, and that brought to attention just how long he had been in there. Eight ball came in at number seven. Austin was 24. And there's many, way too many guys, close to 10 guys in this match that lasted longer than 20 minutes. With the talent depth they had, I mean, you don't keep those guys in for that long. I got another, I got another dirty JR line here, too. <laughs> Somebody is hitting Austin about the face. I can't remember. I think it was Henry Godwin. And JR chimes in with, he's welling away on his knob. What the hell? Man, JR was horny. He was. Under that black resistor hat. 
I also have down here, Jim Ross praises Bradshaw. Fuck Bradshaw, praise D-Lo. <laughs> Seriously. Um, you know what, I, I want to go back real quick to what Steve said about how there were so many guys in the ring. And Jim, I forgot to bring this up when we did the By the Numbers episode a while back. <laughs> that would be a stat I would love to know. Like, what's the record for, you know, most men at one time in the ring at the at a Royal Rumble? Because we've had some that have had, like, 10, 11, 12 guys. <clears throat> I would think this might have a shot to be the one that has the record. Right. I mean, the, the problem is, again, the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble. Are you going to count people that weren't in it because off the bat, I believe there's a Royal Rumble that starts off with like eight people right off the bat because the core and the Nexus come out or some bullshit like that. We didn't get to that one yet, but I'm all sure it happens. Like, so that's what it depends on. I, I, again, we've talked on the stats episode how sometimes uh, it's not really clear they're how they're measuring things so to speak so that i think that would be a little bit of a tough one to do yeah yeah that core thing they they actually cleared them out before they started the match officially oh did they okay yeah i didn't know that okay yeah i just counted up there were eight guys who lasted 20 minutes or longer and there were there were several others that passed 19 minutes i mean it must show you how good their roster was at this time mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, Mark Henry, this couldn't have been his, you know, 15th professional match, and he was in for 19 minutes. Mm. With those terrible red shoes. And and I I want to bring up the other headbanger, Thrasher. He was in there for 28 minutes. Oh, why? why? <laughs> <laughs> See, you would think, like, when Austin came out, that would be his thing, just, just throw all these guys out. But no, I think... A lot of them stayed in after Austin got in there. Yeah, that's how I remembered it going. I, in my mind, Austin comes out and he throws out like nine people right away. But no, it didn't happen. He threw out two, maybe three, and then just calmed down for a little bit. Right. Oh, and our hero, Chainsaw Charlie. He was in there for 25 minutes. Great. Well-deserved. Well-earned. Well-earned. Well-earned, yes. Uh, so, Eddie, uh, what are you guys thinking about D'Lo at this point? I got to ask. See, I'm skewered because I'm a little bit of a I'm a D'Lo I'm a D'Lo Brown guy. I'm sad that his chest protector wasn't yet part of his uh, part of his whole thing yet. Uh, but yeah, I've always thought he was underrated. And yeah, this was a prime example of his personality coming out. You know, there's there's absolutely no reason for him to be throwing hands with Rock in the corner. But damn it, he's gonna take that opportunity and he's gonna run with it. Yeah. I mean, you could see, like, the potential is there. It's going to break out shortly, but, you know, it's close. It's real close to coming out. By the way, how long? Nine, eight, seven, six, All right, and this is our last group of five. 26, Savio Vega, 27, Farouk, 28, Dude Love, 29, Chains, and number 30, Vader. And leading into our final four, I have eliminated Bradshaw, Goldust, D'Lo, Honky Tonk Man, Thresher, 
Kama, Savio Vega, Vader, Henry Godwin, Goldust, Chains, and I guess this is Mark Henry, because I have Henry written again. I guess because I got confused with Henry Godwin and Mark Henry. Okay. So Lost Mariquas come out, they attack Stone Cold. Yeah, I wrote half of West Side Story showed up. <laughs> tonight, tonight. The and the Sharks, and I couldn't remember. If, I, weren't weren't the Puerto Ricans the Sharks? Or were no. they the Jets? I just know the song. I'm going to look it up real quick. Steve, do you have, have any idea of West Side Story? No, that is outside my wheelhouse for sure. Do you at least know that song, Tonight, Tonight? I, I can't. I had a T-shirt that said "Sharks versus Jets" when I was a very young boy, and, and I thought it was a sports reference that my seven-year-old mind just didn't comprehend. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. I will. Okay. The Puerto Rican gang were the sharks. Okay. <laughs> That's cleared up. Uh, Rock and Austin fight on the outside. Uh, and at one point, I think Austin goes through the ropes. Yeah. <laughs> Lawler, Lawler says he can confirm Austin has been eliminated. <laughs> I wrote Lawler is the news. <laughs> Steve, what do you got? Now, we missed this earlier. When Honky Tonk Man comes out, Jerry Lauder lets it slip. Oh, he's my cousin. And Jim Ross calls him on it, and then he just quietly makes it go away. Oh, yeah. And then in this segment, somebody's beating up Honky Tonk Man. And Jim Ross says, oh, you know, out goes poor honky, poor cousin honky top man. And Jerry Lauder, dad's pants, wait, he's your cousin? <laughs> so, Surprisingly, I'm okay with that and not okay with the Grandmaster Sexy stuff from Royal Rumble 2000. I just get mad because, like, it never, and I guess it's weird because this is the same situation. It never goes anywhere. That's all it is. It's just like I can't, and I, I don't know why. I'm okay with Honky Talk Man with that being that, but not Grandmaster Sexy stuff. It's really weird. Bill, what do you have? I'm sorry, go ahead, Steve. Uh, real quick, uh, when I watched the show, I was with a friend whose older cousin was with us who had just got out of jail for breaking into cars or something. And when the Bariquas came out all at once, like, this guy's infuriated. He said, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, man, who are you to tell anybody what they can't do? <laughs> <laughs> um, I had no reaction to Chains coming out. None. Okay. And then Jim Ross. It just seems like lately, um, Jim, we've been getting animal references. Another one? Oh, my God. <laughs> So, to recap for everyone real quick. Please. <laughs> Big Show is an ape. Tensai right. is a moose. Shawn Michaels hangs like an orangutan. Mm -hmm. And as Vader comes out... <laughs> this is my new favorite segment. Jim Ross says to Vader, or as, as Vader's coming out, Here comes that big old stinky grizzly bear. Christ. You know what, though? Out of all the ones, of all the animal references, I feel like he would have used this one on someone else at some point. Maybe none of the other ones you mentioned, I'm like, yeah, I can see him saying that about someone else. This one, I'm going to be on the lookout to see if he says, calls that someone that again. 
Uh, Steve, do you have anything else for this segment? Oh, uh, are we doing the the the, the, the build to the finish here, or just through thirty? Well, we're just going through the to the four uh, the to the final four in a little bit. I'm just seeing if right. you or Bill have anything before we get to the final four. Yeah, uh, once the ring filled up. Like it turned into the Titanic quick. <laughs> one bit well, of incons- all my eliminations I just said. Yeah, one bit of inconsistency here with the booking. So beginning of the show, Vader beats uh, Goldust. This match, or yeah, Goldust eliminates Vader, close on over the top, you know, 50-50, whatever. That doesn't bother me so much. But right after that, Chains, who is absolutely nothing in the landscape, just tosses Goldust like it's nothing. <laughs> like, why is he the one to get over on anybody? There's a lot of Chains hate going on right now between Bill and Steve. I'm indifferent to Chains right now because I feel bad for him. He's, a, he's getting so much hate from you. He's a YouTube. fake Undertaker. He's a fake Triple Threat member. He's a fake biker. He's a fake wrestler. He needs to get the hell off my TV. Wow. <laughs> okay. You know, you were rev- you were mentioning uh, how it looked like the Titanic, Steve. And the only thing I was thinking of right now were the reviews that I saw on YouTube of these animated Titanic movies that came out like 20 years ago and how freaking bad they are. I, okay. I know it makes no sense to this, but it just made me, you know, it popped into my head like, oh God, I saw those reviews the other day. Is anybody alive out there? <laughs> <laughs> and also, Austin got to mix it up with Savio a bit here, who is... Yeah. He is he has since really gone on record saying how much he loved working with Savio Vega. I know. And they, they did quite a bit in the home stretch of this rumble that really made no sense at the time. But I just guess Austin just knew that he was about to shoot all the way up to the top and wanted to get in one last scuffle with his old pal. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Savio gets the Shawn Michaels spot a month later. Yes. Yeah, like an eight man and Savio and this like Shawn Michaels can't be here or he can't, he's injured. I don't know what they said, but the replacement wound up being Savio. Yeah, so he finally gets a main event match. Oh, damn, give me that Savio kid. (laughs) (laughs) All right, final four. Unless, Billy, you have something else or no? You're good? All right. It comes down to Austin, Dude Love, The Rock, and Farouk. Farouk eliminates Dude. Rock eliminates Farouk. And then we're down to Rock versus Austin. How about that? Austin eliminates The Rock, and Austin wins. Anyone have anything to say about the final four segment, or should we go into what happens afterwards? I love that they use this last little bit to forward the descent in the nation. At one point, Austin is tossing Farouk, and Rocky gets up to help him, and then goes back and plays possum, mm-hmm. and then tries to pick up the scraps himself. It was great storyline development there with those two. Yeah, I wrote, what an actor The Rock is. <laughs> okay. At this point in time, and then and then when it came down to Austin Rock, I'm like, this is right here, the future of the WWF, right there. We probably didn't know it then at the time, but I think they knew Austin. They probably weren't that sure about Rock. Yeah, yeah. And then my final note is Rumble 316. There it is. Oh hell yeah. Um. Okay, so now we do the segment of did they actually get the title match at WrestleMania and how, what happens at this point with the winner of the Royal Rumble match? Well, Stone Cold did get his championship match at WrestleMania 14 where he fought Shawn Michaels 
in the main event. Yes, it was the main event of this WrestleMania, and Mike Tyson was the special enforcer outside of the ring for the match, and Stone Cold Steve Austin would beat Shawn Michaels to become the new WWF champion. I think this is one of the cleanest aftermaths we've done on this show. Because a lot of bullshit happens on some of these other ones where, you know, either they're not main eventing or maybe their spot is in danger or, you know, some nonsense. This is one of the cleanest ones we've had, I think. Do you agree, Bill, or no? Or am I misremembering things? Um, well, I know Tyson is involved because it's like they get him to join DX at first. But other than that, yeah, that's about like the cleanest path to WrestleMania that we've done in quite a while. Yeah, I mean, let's look. Last week it was all oh, the Royal Rumble had two winners. Or not last week, last episode. Yeah. The year before, or the episode before was Sheamus. Because yeah. that woman loved Sheamus first, mm-hmm. and he opened the show. Yeah, and then we had the statistics episode before that, and yeah, so it's been it, so at least three episodes worth of non like I don't know maybe like um, Steve, your thoughts on the aftermath here? Yeah, I think the next night on Raw was like I know the Attitude Era was in full swing before this, and they've been building momentum. The next night with Austin and Tyson having their thing in the ring, to me, that was the kickoff for wrestling really becoming popular and mainstream again in a major way. And I say that because that was the first time I remember everyone in my high school cafeteria talking about the Tyson-Austin thing. By Wednesday, there were kids who knew the whole interview verbatim that Austin had cut on Tyson. So you know, if you can get high school kids talking, you, know, you got something. And they rode that momentum all the way to the bank. They never looked back after that. Mm-hmm. You said about the, the clean the clean path to mania. Uh, really, they hadn't started. Well, ninety seven they did, but for the most part, they weren't tinkering much with the idea of the challenger losing his title shot. Well, we, we're talking more on on what we've done so far. Uh, we're not going in order. Yeah, I think it helped that Michaels was hurt, so they didn't have much they could do with him to interfere. So they just did the logical thing and booked an eight-man tag. This leading into Mania, and that was it. And it worked. Sometimes simple is best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is definitely, I mean, a lot of the times I think simple is best, but in a lot of times they throw bullshit in. That's the thing. Um, okay, so final plugs, and then we'll have, well, no, I, I almost did it again. I almost did it again. All right, overall thoughts on the Royal Rumble match. Let's go with Steve first. It's a top five rumble for me. I understand aesthetically speaking, it probably isn't for everyone, but with the personal connection I have with it, yeah, I, I love this match in this show. Bill, why don't you go next? Yeah, I love this rumble match. It is so fun. The commentary is fantastic. I would put it up there. Um, I'd probably put it at this point, probably number two on the commentary behind Gorilla and Bobby from 92. This commentary is so good. It is just great. The storytelling is great. And, you know, we had so many good performances out of this. We mentioned Chainsaw Charlie and, you know, obviously McFoley pulling triple duty. It's just a great 
rumble all around. It it's definitely in my top five as well. Mm-hmm. Of the ones that we've done so far, this is definitely high ranking to me. And it's funny because I again I went into this saying I know Austin wins, but I don't really remember that much else about it, so it's gonna be whatever. And I wound up loving this rumble. I still say that the Cactus Jack and Chainsaw are my favorite first two so far of the episodes we've done on this podcast. Of course, my least favorite to throw in there is Demolition at some fucking smash. God damn it. All right. Um, so, yeah, what, Bill? No, no, I was going to ask you. No, because you said in, in the beginning of this match how you loved Chainsaw Charlie's performance. You said there was, like, another one. Who was D-Lo, that other D-Lo. D-Lo. Oh, D'Lo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. D'Lo was amazing in his rogue character that even if they didn't develop it as much, we certainly did on this episode. Yeah. Um, so I was shocked at how good this was. I guess mostly because it's one of those ones that I didn't really remember at first. Um so yeah, I, I it it ranks very high up there for me in the history that we've done. So, all right, let's head out of here. Steve, final plugs from you. Uh, again, I'm on Songs with Friends on the PlayStation Nation Pop Feed. If you want to give that a listen, uh, you can follow my podcast Twitter at ptbn underscore songs for updates on that, or follow my personal Twitter at Songs with Steve. All right, and of course, myself is That's Podcasting, the Twitter and the Instagram, and That's Podcasting.com. Of course, I have now That's What I Call Podcasting, so check in with the latest updates on that, as that will be going definitely for at least the next 10 years of my life, so that's what happens. All right, Bill, send us out of here. All right. If you guys have any questions or comments about this Royal Rumble or any other Royal Rumbles we've talked about in the past, send an email, eliminated3088 at gmail.com. That's eliminated3088 at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. Check out my wrestling podcast, That Wrestling Show, which pops up each and every Friday. And... That's really about it. So the next time we are on, we are going to discuss the 2006 Royal Rumble match. And until next time, the 1998 Royal Rumble has been eliminated.